2: I'm Kathleen Hayes along with P.M. Fox, a special edition of Taking Stock. As we look at the Federal Reserve's decision, its decision to hold its key rate steady and send a message to the markets that while it may be less worried about the economy, that doesn't mean it's ready to send a signal yet that it's ready to hike them, Pam,
3: now we're going to have more with Charles Plosser, former president of the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. Also coming up, we've got earnings from Alphabet, the parent company of Google, as well as Facebook, Amgen, and Whole Foods. Right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for Bloomberg Business Flash. And I
1: thank you very much, Pim Fox. Thank you, Kathleen Hayes. Let's begin with stock quotes. There on Alphabet, parent of Google, up seven tenths of one percent, seven forty three seventy four right now on Alphabet. Facebook, half of the bell is Pim mentioned, up 1.4%, one point four percent, gaining a dollar seventy two, one twenty two ninety five right now on shares of Facebook. While we're talking about earnings in the Bay Area, let's talk about Apple surging seven point three percent, up seven zero seven right now, one zero three seventy three on Apple. But the other big story: Twitter. It is plunging fourteen point two percent, down two sixty-two to fifteen dollars and eighty-three cents. Today's big story: We've got the Federal Reserve. It does see diminished economy risks. Stock showing a little reaction right now. The S and uh, P five hundred index climbing a point to twenty-one seventy, a gain of less than point one percent. The Fed leaving interest rates unchanged while saying risks to the U.S. economy have subsided. And the labor market is getting tighter, suggesting conditions are getting more favorable for an increase in borrowing costs. Narayana Cochalacorta is a Bloomberg View columnist, a former Fed official. He is now at the University of Rochester, and he was interviewed reacting to today's Fed decision on Bloomberg Radio and Television.
3: I think the big challenge for the Fed is that you're not it's not just about your what, we, what the central bankers like to call your modal outlook. Of where you expect the economy to go it's about the risk that outlook mm-hmm. and in particular you're really worried about the downside risk that outlook because you don't have as many tools in your 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 kit to offset those those uh, downside risks
1: the s&p 500 index up a point a little change there gold up 1.2% to 1337 the ounce now the other stories making news
4: Thank you Charlie from the Bloomberg Newsroom. I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump lashed out at President Obama at a press conference in Florida today.
5: I think President Obama has been the most ignorant president in our history. His Views of the world, as he says, don't jive. And the world is a mess.
4: Vice President Joe Biden spoke to ABC News today about why so many middle class Americans are supporting Donald Trump for president.
1: He has been very successful in playing on their fears. And there's not been enough focus on playing on their hopes.
4: Biden will speak at the Democratic National Convention tonight, as will President Obama. President Ronald Reagan's daughter is criticizing a judge's decision to allow the release of John Hinckley Jr. from a psychiatric hospital where he has been confined for more than 35 years after he tried to assassinate Reagan. In a lengthy statement on her website, Patty Davis says she will forever be haunted by the day her father almost died in 1981. And it's the end of an era for the Big Apple Circus. The New York institution is folding its tent after 35 years, announcing the end today of all public performances. Big Apple's clowns, Acrobats and animals performed free for disadvantaged kids and the elderly since 1981, but the nonprofit ran out of money as support from Wall Street faltered. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Charlie.
1: And we thank you. And again, recapping, a move higher for equities. We're brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed. New York City Realty Investments. See them at nria.net. S&P up a point to 2170. I'm Charlie Pellett. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio.
2: What did the Fed say in its policy statement, a tersely worded five-paragraph piece of paper that markets around the world dissect to get a sense of what the Fed is telling us about a possible interest rate increase this year? Let's put that question to someone who very recently helped craft those policy statements. That's Charles Plosser, former president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. Charlie, it's great to have you back on the show Good to be here, Kathleen. But I want to get right to it. What do you take away from this statement? Well, I think to say it was pretty much as expected. The, the most interesting
5: part of it was they went a long way, I think, uh, to disavowing, in other words, undoing all the fears that they placed at the last meeting that prevented them from moving ahead with an interest rate hike. So basically what happened in June was is they were incredibly sensitive to short-term data. And they instill fears about all the bad things that could happen, and essentially the two biggest things that they stressed was employment and brexit those fears have clearly not come to pass and um yes there's still there are always risks in the future and the The committee has been really adept at um you know pulling risks out of the hat and emphasizing them uh to give them an excuse not to uh to to move rates up. And so now they've kind of had to recant, and um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do because they claim they're data dependent, but they get whipsawed by the data so easily. So I think they have a huge communication problem with the public about what's driving their policy decisions. They basically have no strategy.
3: Mr. Plasser, I wonder if you could comment on the distinction between being inside the bubble of the Federal Reserve and now that you are outside, and how you explain to people that are trying to invest their money how to do so based in the context of what you just described as a non-policy strategy from the Federal Reserve currently.
5: Well, I didn't say they have a non-policy. They just don't have a strategy. Uh, I think it's really important for the Fed to try to communicate, and I've said this for years, uh, what are the data that are driving their decisions, and how will they react to that data? And they typically have not been able to articulate that strategy uh, or articulate their reaction function, if you will, to the data. And so every new meeting, there's a new set of data on the table that seem to be driving their policy decisions. So that's what I mean is they don't really have a – they haven't been able to articulate a strategy to the markets. And um, I think that's part of the problem that the markets have and why you can get whipsawed so recently. So as an investor, you know, I think you need to look at fundamentals. And I don't think uh, paying much attention to the short-term movements and and, uh, comments by the Fed is as important as some people like to think.
2: If you're a Fed policymaker – um, you could You could argue that, in fact, they are focused on fundamentals of the economy, and they 've got two mandates one is inflation it 's got to get up to two percent on that key measure they watch. And uh, unemployment has to move lower, and part of the mandate has occurred. Un- unemployment has moved a lot lower, but the inflation number has not moved up that much. That seems to be one of the reason why people have been hesitant. Without a clear inflation signal, a clear need to fight inflation now, it seems that many, including Fed Chair Yellen, have been willing to just wait and see what happens.
5: So, so let's 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 be clear here. One on the employment mandate, monetary policy in terms of its Stance, that's accommodative stance, is more accommodative today when the unemployment rate is 4.9% or 7%, whatever it is, um, is more accommodative today than it was when the unemployment rate was 10%. Now, with an economy that's moved from 10% to less than 5% unemployment rates, and we still have an accommodative monetary policy that's even more accommodative than it was earlier on, and two. We have inflation. I agree. Inflation is below its, its target, although not all elements of inflation. If you look at you know, the CPI, um, you've got the core CPI is 2% or better. Uh, the CPI for services, which is what 70% of what consumers spend their money on, is over 3%. And the trim mean and median CPIs are all 2% or better. So the only thing that's really holding back headline inflation seems to be mostly energy and its effects on the overall. So, so it, it's not I, I, my concern that inflation is uh, um, is a little bit below two percent. You know who who's going to tell? We are we can't forecast the Fed nor anyone else can either forecast or even control inflation as precisely as somehow we we think they can and. You now, what's the difference between 1.8 inflation and 2% inflation? Most people can't tell the difference. They only can tell the difference when they read the numbers. So I think we're, we're getting a little fixated on the precision by which the Fed can control inflation. So I'm all for the fact that inflation below target means uh, the Fed funds rate and the target for Fed policy ought to be somewhat more accommodated than if it were at 2.2%. That's perfectly reasonable, but that's—it's hard to justify it. near zero interest rates because inflation's running, you know, a few, few tenths below its target.
3: We're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, Charles Plosser, former president of the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg.
2: Coming up, a look at the markets, the reaction or lack of reaction to the Fed's decision, and we're also going to be looking at Apple's impact on the markets
0: today. This is Bloomberg.